Welcome to the Wave, Seattle Wave Radio. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. legends of rock and roll with me today. Colin Blundstone is the, the voice, the front man, uh, one of the driving horses, uh, forces be, uh, behind the zombies, the British invasion that, that came over and is still invading us today, and we just appreciate their influence on music so much. Thanks, Colin, for coming on. It's an absolute pleasure, Laurie. Thanks for having me on the show. No, it's, uh, you have this crazy tour schedule, you and the zombies. I don't know how you guys keep it up. You're all over the place, America three times, Central Park, all over Europe and all over the world. How, how do you keep that, that energy going? Well, I think basically it's because we're doing something that we really love to do. We love music and we love to play. And although the traveling can at times be a bit challenging, um, it, it's all worth it in the end, just because we love to play. And uh, we're just having a great time, especially as at this time in our lives, you know, we're not in the first flush of youth. This is so unexpected. We, we all thought our, our touring days were over many years ago. And then we got this chance to get out and play live again. And, you know, we just grabbed it with both hands. And Rod Argent, the the... the original keyboard player in the band and myself we started playing in about 1999 realized how much we loved it uh, for the second time around obviously and uh, we haven't stopped since is it is it sweeter the second time around well that's what they say and i i think they're right actually because when we were in our teens it it happened very quickly for us i, I was only 18 when I sang She's Not There for the Zombies. And although it was a wonderful adventure, and I really, really enjoyed it, uh, I think it happened so fast that I didn't have the chance to really savor it. But this time round, especially, as I said, it's so unexpected, I, I can take my time and, and really enjoy it. Well, good music really stands the test of time. And uh, I've... What I've been finding is a lot of the younger acts, they go back to classic rock now um, because they say that's where they find good music. And, and your music is right there. It's, it's part of what they're listening to. It's, it's a, a whole new audience that's, that's listening to you. You have your old audience and you have your new audience. And, and I, I think that you're finding that when you – are you seeing that um, at the concerts as well? Yes, absolutely. We have – of course, it's, 
it's fantastic for us to have fans there that have followed us our whole career uh, since the 60s. But also it's great they have their children with them and their children's children. And so there's a complete cross-section of, of ages at our audience, at our concerts. And uh, I think that that's, that's a really exciting thing and it, it's very interesting for us. And often the front rows at our concerts are all the local bands. Uh, you know, they, they want to come and see a band that was playing in the 60s and, and, you know, they're familiar with our music and they just want to come and see us play. And all those local bands are there in the front row. Well, that's always how I know that I'm at a good concert is when I see other musicians turn out to hear other musicians. That's when I know I'm like, this is going to be a good, because it, it's hard, as, as you know, for musicians to get out because they're working all the time. Probably the last thing they want to do is get out and, uh, and you know, because they're tired, they want to be home. But when they make the effort to come out and hear other musicians, you know you're onto something great. Well, I think there is an element of truth in that, and I'm always incredibly flattered if we do see other musicians in the audience and then hopefully they'll come back after the show and we can all have a chat and compare notes and you know see where they're going and, and what we're doing and it's it's one of the highlights of the evening really obviously the main focus of the evening is the show but it's always great to meet up with other musicians afterwards and just share stories of, of what everyone's getting up to mm -hmm. time of the season was one of the coolest songs ever um so i am sure that that's still something that you guys play all the time do you ever get tired of, of singing it or is it still new and fresh to you every time well it's quite interesting really i i think that um i'm really fortunate in that i, I get to sing all, most of the zombies repertoire and we had two really great writers in the band uh rod argent the keyboard player who is in this incarnation of the zombies and Chris White, the bass player, were the principal writers in The Zombies. And I think that they were very prolific and sophisticated writers, but also they had the added thing of being able to write songs that had a timeless edge to them, so that these songs sound as modern, as, as relevant today as they did when they were first recorded. And although I've sung them many, many times, I never tire of singing these classic songs. Yeah, I, I agree that they were so well written that they just stand the test of time. All of you guys were, were friends for a very long time, and you've be, been able to maintain your friendship, which is even more crazy and, you know, with, with bands who've been together a long time. I mean, it's, it's almost uncommon. Um, where, where did you guys meet originally and how have you been able to maintain that friendship for so many years when other bands haven't been able to do it well um we all went the, the the sort of common denominator in the band is that we all went to school in a, a small town just north of london called st albans we went to two different schools but um we you know we were introduced to one another and um, when I got together at the first rehearsal, I hardly knew, I knew one guy in the band. I didn't know the other people at all, but that's how we got together, just through being in school uh, in St. Albans. Um, we played together for about seven years. The band first came together in 1961. We made our first record in 1964, and the band finished in 1967. But after that, I worked with Chris White and Rod Argent, um, 
for many years, mostly with them either writing or producing records for me because uh, in the UK and in Europe, I'm probably better known as a solo artist than as a member of the Zombies. But part of my career as a solo artist was with the same people, my old friends from the Zombies, Rod Argent and Chris White. And we've just gone on like that, really. Uh, Rod has been involved in nearly all my albums in one way or another. And we've just remained friends. And it's it's felt very easy and very natural to remain friends. And but But also, we have this great, we take this great pleasure in working together as well. There is a, a chemistry when we play together. Rod often says that he learned to write songs for my voice, and I learned to sing professionally, singing his songs. And I don't think you ever forget something like that, you know, where our lives are just intertwined because we've worked together for so long uh, in, in sometimes quite intense environments. And, you know, you, you never forget things like that. Yeah, almost like an Elton John, um, Bernie Taupin relationship. I guess it is. A, it is like that. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, it's 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 amazing how how good music, like we were saying earlier, it just stands the test of time. These kids, that's what they keep going back to. That's what they're eager for to have now. Is is when I talk to them, they're like, "Where where is that music from there?" But why isn't it happening now? But you guys have had success with your new album. It's not as new, but it's been out for a little bit. But Breathe Out and Breathe In, that had some, and again, it goes back to that writing style. And I think people are finding that great classic writing style in, in that album. You guys were able to bring it even all these years later. Well, you know, I do hope so. Um, in fact, since we got back together again in 1999, We've recorded three studio albums and three or four live albums. And I think that while we're very, very happy to embrace the old Zombies repertoire, we'd love to rediscover songs that we recorded many, many years ago. Often we've almost forgotten them, and, it's, and, and fans point us in the direction of these obscure tracks, and it's fun for us to rediscover them. But also it's very important to us that we write and record new songs and we will always do that um and as i said we've been quite busy in the studio in the 10 or 11 years since we got back together again which is great because when you're creative people that's that that's what you want to do is just create and i'm so glad that 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 younger generations are latching on to to the talent that you have and are be able to pull it and, and make it useful to them now um, when they're searching for, for good music. It used to be that that we were kind of always just being fed all the time great music, and it's harder now. Um, the, the, the music industry is just kind of in this turmoil, and you have to really go look and search for, for, for really good music. It's out there. It's just a little bit harder to find. And so I'm so happy that, that the younger people are willing to do that, that are able to go and they're searching and they're finding you guys. And you guys have great music from, from before. You have great music now. It's so relevant. And I'm so thrilled for you that, that that's translating into being able to see them come out, uh, these kids come out to your shows and, and participate in, in, in great music. Well, I mean, obviously for us it is incredibly exciting um, and as I've said before, it's intensified by the fact 
but it's so unexpected. It seems to have, it's, it's, you know, it's just taken us so much by surprise. When we first came to America with this band, uh, it was, was probably about the year 2000, and we played a series of concerts in one club in New York, and there, there obviously was huge interest in the band. It was absolutely packed. But it's taken us a time to get out and travel around. You know, America is a huge country, and it's taken us a time to get out and, and uh, engage the interest in the whole country. And it is, it, sometimes it's, in a wonderful way, it's quite overwhelming that people remember the zombies and, and the songs that we recorded, and also that they're really interested in the new songs as well. And one of the things that's intrigued me is that when we play a concert, we play a lot of new songs, and they seem to fit in so well with the old classic songs like She's Not There, Time of the Season, and Tell her No. Um, and alongside those, we'll play a brand new song. And, you know, we get just a strong reaction for the new songs, which is, I mean, it's, it's so encouraging um, for us as, as musicians because we want to keep writing and uh, contributing towards the Zombies repertoire. Right. Well, and I think that you was uh, that was very evident at uh, South by Southwest when you guys were in Austin. Um, I just I heard really great things. You guys brought the house down. It's high energy. There were lines around the block to see you. That there was just uh, um, people of all ages, and that was a huge music festival. It is. It's, it is one of the biggest music festivals in the world, and uh, we were very honoured to be invited to go and play there. And it is a wonderful experience. It's about. It's actually, I think, three and a half days. For some reason, they they either start or finish in the middle of the day. And there are thousands of bands there, and um, and also there are thousands of venues as well. People are just playing in in every shop, in every club. They just play everywhere in Austin for this very intense three and a half days and we were sometimes doing three concerts a day uh, sometimes with the full band sometimes it would just be rod argent and myself we did several live radio broadcasts as well and it was a, a wonderful experience i'll never forget it and you're going to be bringing that now to the pacific northwest uh, you guys are getting ready to come this way, there's, you're going to be at um, Bumbershoot in Seattle, and that's a, another festival for the uh, drives all kinds of people from the Pacific Northwest. I think you're going to be in Portland as well. You're kind of starting a whole other leg. I, I looked at your tour schedule. It is crazy. After you leave here, then you're back to the U.K. I really don't know how you guys do it. It's, it's a well, packed, packed schedule. It is, it is packed, and um, I think... One of the only differences that I can think between the 60s and now is that in the 60s, at the end of the show, the evening began. You know, as a young, as a young guy, you wanted to go out and party after the show. But now we, we do have to, uh, we have to look after ourselves a little bit with a schedule like we've got. Um, we'll play the show, and then um, it's time to hit the sack then. And, uh, you know, try to get to bed as early as you can because the next day we might have a 500-mile drive and then we have another show the next evening. And you have to learn to pace yourself. Um, when you get to, as I like to say, the autumn of your career, you do have to learn to pace yourself. But, but when you look back, Colin, over your career, what are some of the high points that stand out to you? Well, I, I mean... Very early on, of course, our first record, She's Not There, was number one in Cashbox and number two in Billboard. 
it was beyond words that we should even make a record, let alone it be number one in America, in the land that, that started rock and roll. This is, this is the land we all look to. Uh, Elvis Presley, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, these were our gods. Uh, Ricky Nelson, Buddy Holly. And there we were having a hit record, of course, at 19. It was, that was a wonderful, uh, exciting time. But, you know, the other thing that I remember is this incarnation of the zombies. You know, traditionally, you, your career progresses in proportion to having hit records. Now, we haven't had any hit records, but just through playing live and through word of mouth, we're now playing at, you know, on a nice level. We're playing at great concert halls, sometimes arenas, festivals. Um, and as I, as I would say, you know, Rod and I thought these days were behind us, but just by continual touring and by the energy of our band, and we have a most wonderful band, world-class musicians that... They're just so hot, and it's, it's a privilege for me to be singing in front of them. And just by constant touring, we've managed to rebuild a career. And I, I find that really exciting as well. It's totally different to what happened in the 60s, but in its own way, it's just as exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you have a really loyal fan base, and I think that they've appreciated that you guys have been loyal back to them and then kept up writing good music and they followed you that way, produced good music in the past, but but really stayed um, uh, constant in, you kind of weren't all over the place musically. People know what to expect when they see you. They expect good music and then you guys produce good music. And so they know, I mean, it costs a lot of money now to, to go out and see music and so you really want to get fed when you go, and I, I think that you guys just don't disappoint, that they, they know they're going to get great music, and, and you provide that. Well, I really hope so, and, and you know, our music has stayed constant, because we only know one way to write and record and perform, and that's from the heart. You know, we write songs that really mean something to us, in the hope that if it means something to us, it will touch other people. It will mean something to other people. And we always put everything we can into recording and performing. And we hope that that will come across to people. And they'll join us in this celebration of music that that we go through every time we play a concert. We're there because we love music and we love performing. And we hope that we can draw people into this experience and that they will they'll enjoy at least a little of what we're feeling. Hopefully they'll, they'll enjoy it absolutely as much as we do because every night is a different night for us, but we enjoy every night equally. It's, it's very important for us to perform. When, when um, younger musicians come back after the concert, Colin, and, and they want to sit down with you guys and, and you know, they, they want to hear the stories and, and, and they want advice from you. What, what is, is, is there a, a common theme that they want to know or when they're picking your brain, so to speak, what, what kind of questions are, are they wanting to uh, garner from, from the wisdom that, that you guys have for all of these years to be successful? Well, you know, I, there's different ways of defining success, you know, and one of the first things I would say to anyone is don't concentrate too much on fame because, you know, fame is a very illusionary thing and I, I don't think it really brings, well, it doesn't bring happiness. 
the thing to do, I this is what I would say, is you find what you really want to do. If you like what your dream is, you may want to write music for film, or you may want to you may want to get into commercials, or you may want to have hit records, uh, and you want to write your own hit album. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, and you should never forget what you really want to do. But at the same time, sometimes you have to have a more sort of broad uh, aim because musicians have to have to have to eat and have to stay alive. Never forget your dream, but be prepared to to get involved in all aspects of the music business. And if people are asking you to write a 30-second jingle, don't shy away from it. It's just a different discipline. It's not easy. And um, if you get the chance to write a 30-second jingle, go for it. And if you get the chance to sing in a, uh, you know, some kind of supper club when you want to really be playing in a heavy heavy rock concert or arena somewhere, it's all experience. And I think that you should do everything to to broaden your horizons in the music business. But at the same time, never forget what you really want to do and, and try and see that through. And the music business is a stamina business. You've got to have stamina. It's not going to come overnight. And, and even when you do get success, that's when it really gets tough and you've got to dig your heels in and try and, you know, sustain a, a successful career. That's when it gets tough. So that's what I would say is never forget your dream in the music business, what you really want to do. But in the meantime, you may have to, do, you may have to learn some other disciplines and there's nothing wrong in that. Yeah, that's really good advice because I, I, I do think that a lot of younger people think it all comes quickly and easily, and they, they forget that there's actually the music business is a business. And, and like you said, you, you know, you have to eat and you have to feed your family, and, and, you know, you're not always at the top constantly. You know, there's a lot of work that goes that, that's involved. Absolutely. I think one of the mistakes I made was I thought this is a wonderful adventure, and if I if I can uh, uh, stay involved in the music business for two or three years, that will be absolutely wonderful. But what I didn't realize is it can be a lifetime's career if you, if you handle things correctly. And you just need to gain experience and just keep learning all the time. And it can be a lifetime's career. It doesn't have to be an intense two years and then it's all over. But it doesn't have to be that way. Right, yeah, that there's there's a season for everything, and you can. You guys had tremendous success at at, at the at beginning, and then you worked kind of in the middle, and now look at you again having you know there's kind of peaks and valleys, and you're experiencing that phenomenon all over again. Well, in a way, we are. I think we've narrowed the uh, the peaks and the valleys out a little bit, um, but it's true. It is the music business is a is a business of tremendous ups and downs, and you have it's a kind it's a strange thing because you've got to be sensitive enough to write and perform but actually you do have to have a, an inner strength you've got to be quite tough to survive in the music business because it is a it's a tough business um and that's that's a strange combination to have you have to be sensitive but tough um mm -hmm. and yeah not many people have got those attributes Mhm, mm mhm. Mm yeah, I, I I can totally see that. I hadn't thought of it that way. Is is there anywhere that you haven't played that you would like to play, or any experience musically that you still haven't been able to 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 have that that you would like to have? 
Um, I think I'd like to go to Austra- Australasia, uh, particularly a place I've always wanted to go is New Zealand. Um, mm. A lot of my family went to New Zealand when I was about 10, uh, 10 or 11, um, and I just got, in those days, there was no internet. We just used to get fantastic letters coming back from New Zealand. That's the place I've always wanted to visit. And we've we've had opportunities. It's just never quite come off. So perhaps uh, I think that you would probably go to Australia first and then go on to New Zealand. Um, and that is definitely something I'd like to do. Uh, with regard to music, I would love to write... Uh, you know, an evergreen, one song that, I mean, this is what every writer wants, really, one song that um, everyone sings and it, you know, and it lasts for for years, you know, just, just one song. I mean, people like Paul McCartney have written so many and Elton, um, but if I could write one evergreen song, I would really love that. One classic song. Wow, well... I think if anyone can do it, you can do it. And um, well, welcome it, it, to the ones who are trying. I can tell you, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's got to be amazing though to 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 look out at that audience every night, and and you're singing your songs, and they're singing it back to you. That's, this has to be such a tremendous experience to to see that. Well, of course, that moments like that, you never forget those those moments. They're sort of etched on your heart, really. Uh, when an audience is with you, they they just lift you onto a, a completely different level, and that's why performers perform to to play in front of audiences that are totally behind you and and singing along with you, and it's it's just another world. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate, Colin, you taking the time to talk with us today. I'm going to look forward to seeing you guys perform at Rubber Shoot, and I'm going to let you go so you can work on writing that evergreen song. And, okay, uh, I'm going straight to the guitar right now, as soon as we finish this call. <laughs> I, I, I'm feeling lucky. I think it's tonight's the night. I, I think so too. I, I think I think you can do it. I think you have it in you, and I am ready and waiting for it to be released. And I and I, I just know everyone in the Pacific Northwest is really looking forward to seeing you. And you've had such success around the states and around the world in general. And and I, I think that you guys are just going to keep building this fan base because there's just a hunger right now for for great music. And and you guys are are one of the the uh, bands that everyone's looking to. Well, thank you so much, Laurie. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep writing and keep recording from the heart and keep performing from the heart, and hopefully we can bring a little bit of joy into people's lives. Well, you guys have been doing it, and I know that you're going to keep doing it. And I'm going to play... uh, she's not there on on the way out today, and then we'll, we're also playing the time of the season, so everyone will be hearing that. And then I'm also going to be playing today um, Breathe Out, Breathe In, so they can hear a little bit of your new stuff as well. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Colin. I really, really appreciate it. Have a great day and a wonderful tour. Thank you so much. All the very best. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. I want to be part of you. 
Coming on again, Colin is the lead singer with the legendary band, The Zombies, um, Colin Blundstone, and you know he's still working with Rod Argent. They're producing great music. Rod's still writing. It's, uh, we're letting Colin go so he can get out and, and write. This is one of their biggest songs, She's Not There. I'm going to play that. I'll be right back. No one told me about her The way she lied Well, no one told me about her How many people cried But it's too late to say you're sorry How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her She's not there Well, let me tell you about the way she looks She had tears of color on her hair. Her voice was soft and cool. Her eyes were clear. 
could I do? Well, no one told me about love, though they all knew. But it's too late to say you're sorry. How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not there.
Hello, this is Larry Russ, former keyboardist and vocalist for the classic rock band Iron Butterfly, and you are listening to Seattle Wave Radio. <laughs> 